Zeke Downs is a runner and logger from London who loves sports, especially football, and is currently working as a runner on an undisclosed television production. Originally from Norwich, Zeke relocated to London to attend university and follow his interest in TV dramas and documentaries. We talked about what it was like to pursue a degree in television, why he picked this program over the one in film, and specifics about his university projects. While still in school, he had the opportunity to work as a logger at Wimbledon, and he proceeded to do so on a number of other projects, as well as a few sporting events as a runner. In addition, we discussed Zeke's deep interest in sports, particularly football, including his favorite teams, players, and his biggest hobby, collecting football shirts. Listen to this episode to discover more about Zeke's login job, find out why he traveled to Wales for his final university project and get inspired about his profound passion for collecting football jerseys. Enjoy! Hello Zeke, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show. Hello, yeah, thank you very much for asking me on. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Zeke Downs. I graduated from Middlesex University last year, so 2022, and I have been in the TV industry ever since then. So did you study TV or film? I studied TV. How was it? Because I come from film, so I've got no idea what is it like to study TV. Can you give us a little introduction? Yeah, I think there were lots of the other TV students that wanted to actually study film instead. But it was a really popular course. So I think lots of them then had to do TV instead of that. Whereas I wasn't like that. I always wanted to be doing TV. And yeah, I really liked it. There was a lot of sort of practical stuff in the studio where we could use all sorts of different cameras and lighting and all that sort of stuff. But the issue was... Half of my time there was when COVID happened. So we missed out on a lot of stuff, which looking back now is really annoying. But, you know, that's just how it happened. What year were you in when COVID happened? I was going into second year. Yeah. Yeah. So how did the course change during the COVID? I guess it was remote, but what did you do instead of working practically? Yeah, so almost all of it was online. So we were doing lectures online, but that was about it. And normally we would have had two days in the studio every week. And obviously you're also making your own, say, documentaries, dramas. So we weren't able to actually do that until it was a little bit safer later on so when we got into third year it was a bit better we were able to then come in more that was then a year afterwards it was a little bit easier that way and we were able to then do some bits but not as much as we'd have liked yeah it wasn't really very nice can you introduce a bit the course itself because i'm curious what were for example some subjects that you studied when it comes to tv Yeah, so the actual degree was television and digital production. So we're sort of studying a range of different things, different genres, so drama, documentary, reality, entertainment, 
and studio. So it was then broken down into different modules. And then there was another module, which was about getting into the industry and how all of that bit works. Yeah. So the studio was more practical sort of aspect of it. And we would make our own studio productions where we did game shows. There was a dating and a music one, which I love doing those. I think that was probably my favorite parts of the course. Yeah. And then that was basically what it is. And then obviously you've got the modules where you're writing essays about things and all that stuff. But yeah. And do you also get to pick what you specialize in or how does it work with that? Yeah. So when we got to third year, we could choose whether we wanted to do drama and documentary or commercials. And I wanted to do drama and documentary. But yes, we then sort of split in half. Yeah. yeah. So what was it that interested you specifically in drama and documentary? Well, I am very into cameras. And when I went to uni in the first place, it was as I wanted to do documentaries, sort of David Attenborough style. So that was what I'd sort of had my mind on that whole time I was there. And yeah, I just loved that with sort of documentary stuff, it's like every day is sort of different. And it isn't like there's a script and you have to learn the scripts and whatever. Like each story and each narrative is always going to be different. So when I was making my own projects, they were mainly documentaries. Yeah. So out of curiosity, why did you pick TV course instead of film one? Because you can focus on documentary there as well. I don't know, actually. That is a very good question. But I think it was that I didn't want to sort of narrow it down to just documentaries, as I also love sport and drama and also like reality and entertainment as well. I like the fact that I could choose and I could learn about all of them. And then later on, I could then sort of narrow it down. And I just felt like TV was probably better in that way. So did you, during the course of your education, stick with the goal of focusing on documentaries or did it change by the end? It was mainly documentaries, but what sort of changed it for me was that I got a job in 2021, so the year before I actually left, and that was in sport. And we weren't really taught very much about sport, and I didn't really see that as a viable option. But when I was actually working there doing it, I loved it as sort of sport is my number one like thing. So the fact that I could do that sort of opened up more doors And after that, I have done a lot more sport. I haven't actually done any documentaries. I'm still not closed off. I feel like maybe in the future I'd like to, but it seems quite hard genre to get into. But I think later on, I would like to. Before discussing more about the sport and your job, I wonder what were the university projects like? Were you making documentaries as, for example, final project or what did you do? Yeah, so if we're looking at just final year, group of us, I think it was about four or five of us, 
did this documentary about a guy who is a bus driver but also likes football shirts. Sorry, was it fictional or actually someone real? No, it's actually real. Yeah, because I actually knew him already and I thought that it would be an interesting sort of narrative. So we did that one as the sort of piece at the start of the year. And then for the final one, we went to Wales and we did this documentary about red kites and them sort of breeding and getting reintroduced into the wild. So two quite different documentaries, but I wanted to sort of try different things and obviously make the most of being there. How long were they? Was it like 10 minutes or even longer? Yeah, so the first one was five minutes, I think. And then the Red Kite documentary was about 12. But I'm not sure what it was like in terms of film, because a lot of ours were five minutes and less, except for the last one. But I don't know what it was like with you in that, were yours longer or were they? We had short films in the third year. I believe it was 10 minutes. I don't want to lie, but I would say probably also around 10. So how was the result in the end? The one with Red Kite? It was really good. Yeah, it was hard work because obviously when you've got to get interviewees, we were struggling with that. But we did manage in the end. We went to two different places that sort of did it slightly differently. They had different ways of actually looking at it, which did offer two really good points of view with those. And there were times when we had to be really close with the actual birds, which makes it quite hard because obviously you're not sure what they're really going to do. And there were times when they were getting a little bit crazy, but it all just sort of made it even more exciting. I can imagine that doing the risk assessment must be fun. Yeah, we did have to do a long one of those. It did take a while because obviously you have to really think about every single little thing, don't you? And like all of the different possibilities. And we did leave there and there were no issues. Yeah, it was all good. And why would you do actual documentary about such a topic in the first place? I can't really remember why, but... I think it was mainly that two of us in our group were really into David Attenborough documentaries. And we'd sort of had this planned all the way through our sort of time there. And we were then looking at all of the different ideas online because there were things like wolves in, I think it was Scotland, beavers, loads of different animals. And we just sort of thought that That one would work the best. It's a really nice landscape as well. So we also had a um, drone that was really nice as obviously we could then do it over the valley. And yeah, I think it was the best out of all of the options after we were there looking through all of the different options for ages, hours, and we worked out that one was probably our Mm -hmm. best. Yeah. And did you then send it to any festivals? So we were chosen to do a screening at the BSI, which we did do. And we were the only TV group there. But 
like we didn't put it forward for any other sort of festivals yeah it's that because like we didn't exactly have much of budget it was hard to make it really good and all of the other films on there were mm-hmm. really 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 good it's really hard yeah but it sounds like exciting project yeah it was yeah so coming back to your first job as you said you worked in a sport can you tell us more about the job what we're actually doing yeah so um i was doing logging i'm not sure whether you know about logging can you please introduce it for people who don't know yes so logging was what i was actually doing at wimbledon and logging is basically typing down everything that is actually happening on the screen so it's more down the lines of editing and it's basically to help the editor's life to be easier and we were there watching the live matches and then what we were logging was then being used for the highlights so we would basically rate everything and write down who was playing in the game what shot they did give it a rating out of five all of these different things and it was quite hard because it was live i had to be on it that whole time and it was obviously my very first tv job so the first two or three days i hated it it was horrible as i didn't have a clue what i was actually doing and everyone else there had already been there and done it for two or three years but then after the first two or three days i loved it and i was there for the two weeks doing that And that was then what helped me when I then graduated. That was what then got me the jobs. So just trying to imagine how does it work? Are you actually somewhere near the court by the laptop and riding or what is it like? Exactly that. Yes. We were in our own pods and we'd have two screens. One would be where you're logging on to and it's software called IP Director. And then next year you would have the live feed and that was live transmitted from the actual cameras. As it was happening, we were then logging it down. And then after the match, we'd then email it off to the director and make a list of all of the best shots in the game and all that sort of stuff. So are you basically trying to get as much information as possible or trying to pick what you consider to be important you actually have to write absolutely everything don't even stop writing near enough yeah <laughs> and matches can last between one hour three hours four hours so if you're one of the more experienced ones they will then give you the harder games so like the actual final mm-hmm. and that is normally because you've got two really good players that then normally lasts even longer you've then got to be there for probably four hours odd and typing non-stop and afterwards you're just exhausted because you're typing there the whole time but yeah i love it though yeah i'm trying to imagine i'm not gonna lie i didn't really know that there is a job like this no i mean no one really does i do have to sort of explain it to everyone because one realizes that it's actually a thing because we weren't taught about it at all 
I didn't really know what it was until I then did it. But I wonder if you write basically everything. Isn't it then too much information to process, to go through? Wouldn't it be more efficient just... I understand it's difficult, but to pick maybe the highlights or what is the most important? Yeah, I would think that, yes. But they just wanted absolutely everything as they don't know how long each highlight will actually be. And you don't know what's really going to happen in that match. As it is live... It isn't like you can look through this recorded clip already and loggers have to log everything. And also like the actual time codes of them, every single thing you have to write it all in and then the editor knows exactly where everything is. How did you find such a job? Well, it was sort of a bit lucky. I also like football and I noticed that there was a lady on Twitter who in her bio had that she'd worked at various different sporting events like the Olympics and the World Cup and all these different things. And I basically messaged her thinking that she wouldn't answer or wouldn't really, you know, give me anything. She was really, really nice. And then a few months later, I then got another message off her and she offered me that. So it was a mixture of luck and a mixture of if you don't ask, you don't get in a way. And when you got this offer, did you know what is this job? No. When I was offered it, I had a mixture of excitement and, you know, fear. I didn't have a clue what it was, but I did then research it. Not that that really helped me, but yeah, it was a sort of learn on the job thing, which... I wasn't really expecting. And also, I don't know if you remember, we had these app, government app, and it was around COVID when if you were in sort of like contact with anyone who had COVID, it then pinged and you then had to isolate. So I got that ping just over a week before I was then due to start. So I ended up missing the training day and the first day. So I was already really behind and then I was even more behind. So it wasn't the ideal start to my first TV job, but I learned a lot. I really did. And did you somehow have to prove your typing skills? Because I can imagine they should somehow check so that you type actually fast. Yeah, I was expecting to, but I didn't. I have done for every other logging job, but not with that one, weirdly. Mm. You do have to be able to type pretty fast as you have to sort of keep up with the live. And on the first day or two, I was about 15, 20 minutes off the live and that was quite terrifying. But then I sort of like built my way up in a way where I ended up on the live in the last week and it was all okay. But yeah, you do have to be able to log quite yeah quickly. And how long you spent in that job? So it was just for the whole tournament. So it was two weeks and that was, as I say, July 2021. And then I obviously went 
back and did my third year. I then didn't have any other jobs until I then left. So that was then a year later when I then logged for Hunted. I don't know if you've heard about Hunted. Is it like some TV series or TV show? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is quite popular here. And it's where this group of hunters hunt down people and they then have to stay hidden for two weeks, I think it is. And then if they do, they then win loads of money. And are you doing the same thing as a logger there? Yeah, so I was also logging there, but it wasn't live, obviously. So it was slightly different. It was easier. But with that, we had two different logger teams. One team would be logging the hunters and the other team would be logging the hunties. And I was doing the hunters. So basically, when they were being interviewed or when they were looking for evidence or all these different things, I was logging what they were then talking about. So did you do this again because you enjoyed it, being a a logger? No, so I'd actually had applied for runner job with this company and they'd basically looked at the fact that I'd already logged and they then called me up and they then said, we can't offer you the runner job because you don't have any running experience yet, but because you have done logging, we're also doing hunted. So would you like to be doing that? And at that point, I was happy to just do anything, but I did love it. And I was on that. I did the normal hunted and then I did the celebrity hunted as well, which aired on TV very recently, actually, which was really interesting to actually watch it because I already knew what was happening, obviously. So it was really hard because I already knew who was going to win. Yeah, I can imagine. So did you enjoy the job on it? Yes, it was good. It was quite hard. You had to do a lot of logging, but it didn't have as much pressure on it as it wasn't live. And then doing that sort of made me realize that I didn't want to really do very much reality TV because it made me realize that reality TV is not very real. Spoiler alert. It's quite scripted and I didn't really realize that until I was doing it and now it may look at all sorts of reality TV and it makes me like think oh that's probably not real. Yeah I think that may disappoint some of our listeners. I was just gonna say that before you said that they didn't accept you into runner position because you didn't have experience. How are you supposed to get experience if you cannot get a job without experience? Exactly that. Yeah, that is what then happened with me most of the time. I was applying for lots of runner jobs and they all then told me, you need to have at least one runner credit. But how do you get that one credit if you don't give them the work? It's just, you know. Yeah, it's like endless loop. Yeah. So what did you do after that? After this job you did? So that ended in August of last year 2022 and I was away in Scotland for a week and I got notified about another logger job and I then applied and within minutes they then emailed back and they offered it to me 
on the basis that the actual software they were using, Blackbird, was what I had already used for Hunted. It was easy in their minds to know that I already knew what was going to happen and how it all actually worked. And that was for Discovery Channel program called Gold Rush, American gold mining sort of reality documentary style thing. And that was a hard, in terms of job security, it was really good in that I then had months worth of this work. That then took me up until November. So that was about three months work. And it was good, but that and Hunted were both working from home. And it was good, but it's not the sort of program that I watch. It was quite hard because the audio was difficult to really understand. And they've got quite strong American accents. And I was really having to listen to actually understand but yeah so I was then working until that point and they then had this spin-off program called Parker's Trail which is in the sixth series now and they asked me if I could do that so I then did that from November until the end of January that was like that but it was more location-based like they were exploring and trying to find areas they could mine in so i was quite lucky in that i was basically working non-stop from june until february just a quick one if you enjoy our podcast please give us a review on your favorite podcast app subscribe or share it with your friends for more information visit the show notes thank you and back to the show so what was the next project you did after the last one so after parker's trail That ended at the end of January. And then I found it quite hard as the TV industry had dried up a bit and all of the programs had mainly already been filmed by that point. So I wasn't able to really find any work. And I had a dry period of about two and a half months, which was very difficult to handle really in that I hadn't had that before and I didn't know really what to do because I was applying for loads of jobs, lots of runner jobs, nothing was really happening, but I just kept on applying every single day and hoped that something would then pop up. But what I didn't actually mention, I'd left out a load of stuff. I don't know how. So I did do other jobs in that time as... I had got contacted by a sports company and they were doing the NFL and I was asked if I could be their runner. So this was my very first runner job. I can't remember when this was. I think it was August time. Yes, I was doing their live studio show and the NFL isn't really something that I enjoy. It's not a sport that I like, but it was a really good experience. And it then meant that I was on that company's books and they then offered me other work after that. So I was then asked to go to Munich with them and do their actual NFL match there. So I was there for a week doing that. 
which was a really, really awesome experience and completely different to logging. And it sort of made me think I would much rather do running than I would logging. And I also then did boxing with them as well at the end of the year. So I think that was December. So I did have those in the bank as well. But that's sort of when I was expecting I will get jobs around February, March time, but still nothing then came, which was hard. But I was basically contacting everyone, emailing and whatever, but there was just nothing around. But then with the sports company, they were doing this thing called Boat Race, which is basically Oxford versus Cambridge, and they then race against each other. And that was in March and near me it was about five days I think it was in the end another really good experience yeah and then after that I'd got another job lined up which I'm doing now it's a long job and it takes me right up until the end of November and I already had that booked in but it was that I didn't have anything in between but I also got contacted about doing the world snooker championships which i did about a month ago and that was three weeks of non-stop work that was logging again so i have sort of managed to do a bit of logging a bit of running here and there and combine it all which makes it all quite interesting and is there one you enjoy more is it running as you said or what do you prefer to do i think before i did the snooker I would have said running easily, but it was a different type of logging for the snooker where I was doing the pre and post match interviews and it was a lot more enjoyable. It wasn't as long a day. It was every day was different and I was there not working from home that whole time I was going into the office and it sort of made it all a little bit more enjoyable. I really, really loved it. And when it stopped, it was quite annoying. But that's just how it is. And then you have to move on to the next one. And the job you've got now, is it as a runner or as a logger? Logger. It's weekdays. So I get weekends off, which is quite good. Every single week until November. So once, let's say, project finishes... Does then the company offer you a new one or you need to wait when something shows up or you are free and you need to look for something by yourself or how does it work? It basically could be any of those really. Like the companies that I have already worked for, they have liked me and they've then offered me other jobs. But it all depends on what's coming up and what's actually happening. But it's not normally a full-time job. It's always contracts, but yeah, most of these jobs I've got because of doing the other jobs and then I'm offered these jobs. Yeah. And what are your plans for the future? What do you want to focus on or where do you see yourself in a few years? Well, that's a hard one. I mean, I've got an idea of where I want to be. I just don't know how long it will take me and the route that I need to go down. But I would love to be a camera operator for sporting events, preferably football. But I know it's hard. It's not a very easy route. But I think the fact that I've got lots of good 
running credits now is only going to help me. And the actual company that I am doing them with, they are really good at helping other people build up and get more experience and all that sort of thing. So I don't know how long it will take me, but I'm hoping in the next five years, I will have been a camera assistant and made my way and hopefully doing sporting events like that. Would it be like for a Premier League? Yeah, I would love that, yeah. And hopefully that will end up happening, but, you know. Yeah, that's what's exciting and fingers crossed. Can you share us some lessons from your experience as a runner and a logger in industry? What would you advise to people or students or starters? Yeah, so, I mean, if I was addressing students it would be that there's always luck involved but you often have to make your own luck because people don't need to help you you sort of need to help yourself in a way and you need to be actively looking for lots of different jobs you need to be contacting various different companies applying for everything and once you get that initial job you then should be okay. But it's just that first one is very hard to get because as we've already mentioned, if you don't have experience, no one wants you, but you can't get experience. And just work hard. And like if you're working in a job, always ask them any different question if you have any, as they do seem to like that. If you have any problems or whatever they would much rather you honest about them and you asked about them early on because then you can then avoid them and you can you know then work it out afterwards and I think that's what employers like they want their life to be made easier so you are there to make their life easier so if you're making their life harder they probably won't really want you back So you have to basically just work really hard, be honest with them, and hopefully it will all work out. Yeah, great advice. I can only agree with that. So as a fan of football, out of curiosity, what is your favorite team? Norwich. Have you heard of Norwich? I have not. Yeah, lots of people haven't heard of Norwich, but... Why is that? Well, we're not a bad team. We are often in the Premier League. We were in it last season and we are often there, but we're not quite good enough to stay in it. We do get relegated, but then we then come back up again. So, yeah, we are one of those teams that are yo-yo clubs up and down and up and down. But I've always loved it. I've been a Norwich supporter since I was about six and I've been to hundreds of games and... I love oh, it. Why this team? So I am originally from Norwich and I always lived there until I moved to London for uni and then I've stayed around London really. And if I'm not mistaken, are you also a collector of football dresses? Yes, I am. Yes. Do you want to tell us more about it? I can do. Yeah. So that all started in lockdown really because I've always loved them I've always had them and I noticed there were lots of other people who also enjoyed them and and also collected them so 
it was around lockdown when COVID happened and everyone had lots of free time. Everyone was bored. And I went online and I was doing all this stuff and I looked and was talking to all sorts of other people about it. And it's sort of grown ever since then. And I've now got a lot, probably too many. Say the number. So I don't know the exact number. I've got probably about 160, 165. And yeah, when I do tell family and sort of friends about that they are a bit surprised <laughs> i've got as many as that and they think that i'm a little bit weird but i love it and and it is a really good way of sort of chatting to like-minded people and i've had all sorts of different opportunities through that and done social media stuff and brand marketing and all that sort of thing so it's been really good and i do love it and it's a really good thing to have as well as doing tv as they're both very creative and it's just awesome to combine different hobbies because i obviously love football i love photography camera work media everything so it is awesome to just combine everything yeah i wonder not that i would want to ask you so that someone robs you but where do you keep so many dresses yeah so most other collectors struggle with actually storing them understandably when you've got hundreds of them but in my current place and my previous place i have been lucky and i've had big spare wardrobe and my um girlfriend has never been too keen about me having all of them and she always goes in there and she just basically tells me you need to sell half of these and i say <laughs> no never yeah so I, I just open up the wardrobe and i pick which one i want to wear and yeah yeah you can wear like a half a year each day different one yeah exactly yeah and also when i'm working from home which has been lots recently i can wear one every day i love it yeah so how do you pick which one do you buy next So at the start, I was happy to buy anything and I would look online. There's all sorts of different websites or there's eBay and Depop and all those sort of things. And I would buy anything that was in a large. And now I'm at the stage where I'm a bit more picky with it. And I love ones that are unique. I love ones that are bright and have a weird pattern on them like pink ones i love them and also norwich ones that's mainly what i am collecting is that i have made it my goal that from every single norwich kit from 1992 until now i need it so i've got 13 left i've managed to get all of them from every year i think i want about 80 but it's quite an expensive hobby but they hold their value as well. So if I ever needed to, I could then get that money back. Yeah, it's like someone invests in gold or stocks. You put it into this. Exactly, yeah, exactly. This may be a silly question, but do you try to get one that is actually from the player or is it official merchandise or which one? Yeah, so um, it's a mixture 
normally it's just the standard one that's from the actual club and not worn by anyone or anything like that. But there are times when I have bought match-worn shirts, which then cost a little bit more. But I do have four or five Norwich ones, and I've got my eye on other ones from my favourite players, but they are quite expensive and they're hard to find. But I love hunting. I love the fact that like I've got to spend ages looking for it online and maybe one day I can actually buy it. Yeah. If you don't mind saying that, would this maybe the most expensive one that you bought? So I've got two or three. I think it's three that I spent £150 on each. And I don't know whether you think that's expensive or not, but it's hard because obviously as a hobby, it's quite an expensive hobby. But I've spent a lot less than a lot of other people that I know. So another guy that I know has got 650 match-worn Norwich kits. And the value of them individually, about 150 each. So you're looking at about £100,000 on just football kits. Yeah, that is crazy. It's quite, it's definitely crazy. It is. Mm -hmm. And is there a big community of people like you who collect, let's say, dresses or even stuff related to football? Yeah, yeah, it's actually massive. I didn't really expect it, but there's thousands and thousands of us and all over the internet, be that Twitter for the people who like to talk about them or Instagram for people like me who loves to photograph them and wear them and take photos outside in them and all that sort of stuff. And are there some highlights from your collection, maybe some dress that you are proud of? I guess that will be probably some from your favorite team, but maybe even from a player or something. Yeah, I think the best one that I've got is a match-worn Max Aaron's shirt, which is a Norwich player now. He's been a Norwich player for his whole life. I basically found a shirt that had his name on the back, but it had two granddad on the front and it was then signed by him. And I I then bought that thinking it was nothing special. And then when it then turned up, it then had this letter attached and it was written by Leslie Aarons, which then turned out was Max Aarons's auntie and i then tweeted him thinking that he might want this back and he then messaged me within a minute and and was really really happy that i had actually tweeted that and he then arranged that we could meet and he would then give me one of his in return for that so i got a ticket to two of the Norwich matches. I met him. I got his match-worn shirt. I met all of the other players, got pictures with everyone, got them to sign different things. So that's probably my prized possession because money can't buy that. It is a memory that I'll always have and it's unique. Yeah, that sounds like a beautiful gesture. So I don't know if you mentioned it before, but who's your favorite player? 
So overall, my favorite player is Lionel Messi. And in terms of Norwich, I've always liked players that are like him. So players like Wes Houlihan and Emmy Buendia and more recently Pukki. But there's not too many right now. And my overall favorite Norwich player has always been Wes Houlihan. Yeah. And when I checked before your website or some links about your collection, do you also have some kind of business with these t-shirts or is it just your social media presence? So I used to buy and sell them as well as buying them for my own collection. It was during lockdown that was what helped me buy my own collection in a way is that for all of the profits I was then making, I could then buy one that I then really wanted so it was a way of not spending the money that I had to spend in order to then buy all of them and that has really helped me I don't have the time now to be doing that so it's mainly now just talking about them I've been on all sorts of different podcasts and videos talking about them yeah and it's Twitter Instagram taking pictures of them and doing videos and doing brand stuff. So I work with quite a few different companies and do different promotions for them. Yeah, so it's various different things, really. Yeah, because I had a look and the social media presence looks really nice, makes a good impression. So I can recommend to listeners to have a look. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. And is there something you would like to add when it comes to television? For me, it's very interesting topic because, as I said, I studied film. So I don't really know or I'm curious or interested to hear what was it like to study actually television. But is there something you would like to add or something that you feel like that I should have asked and I did not? I'm not sure. I think you asked a lot of really good questions. I don't know what I can add. What about some other favorite documentary filmmakers besides David Attenborough? Well, I'm really bad with names. I don't know too many filmmakers or directors or anything. And specific documentaries? Something that you like for some reason? I mean, it's basically all of his, I think. Besides him? No, I mean, honestly, I don't really watch too many documentaries. I watch a lot of drama I watch a lot of reality and I watch a lot of sport but it was more down to the side that I found it really interesting how long these sort of documentaries take to make and Mm -hmm. how technical all of it is and I always watched the end of each episode they always had a more technical aspect where you got to know more about how that all actually happened and the whole sort of filming process in a way and that was always what really really interested me yeah because I always only wanted to do camera work I didn't want to be doing anything else I don't have any interest in doing directing producing whereas most of the other people on my course they had other ideas they wanted to do directing and all sorts of different things but not many people wanted to do camera work which I found really interesting. I was expecting more, but yeah, people just weren't really as technical. They were more down the side of producing. Yeah. 
And out of curiosity, how many people were in your class? Probably not as many as you would have had. I feel like film was a lot more popular. We ended third year with about, I think it was 30. Yeah. Zeke, before we finish, do you want to promote yourself and say where people can follow you? Yeah. So if I go for the more football side, I'm on Twitter at Downs and on Instagram at UK. And space, that's more what I am doing. I do also have a photography Instagram, which is Ezekiel James Photography. And I try to post regularly on there and take a lot of photos. But yeah, I think also on LinkedIn, obviously, I'm quite new to that. I didn't join LinkedIn until a couple of months ago. So I'm trying to make new connections and chat to various different people so yeah i'm on that i will get the links and add them to the show notes if someone wanted to follow you yeah zeke thank you very much it was a fun chat as i said i'm not a big fan of football but i enjoyed talking about it i found it really interesting and it's really cool that you've got such a hobby yeah thank you very much for asking me on it's always interesting to chat about the sort of tv and film industries i don't get to talk about it too much as it's just work isn't it and it is interesting to speak to another person who understands how it is and knows what it's like to move into the industry and actually work in it but also to talk about my main hobby yeah it's awesome i love to just chat about it and i i'm always talking about it so yeah yeah i agree maybe we'll get some new followers after this Oh, yeah. One more time, thank you very much, Zeke. Wish you good luck and I will stay in touch about the podcast. That's it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Produced By. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, leave a review or send us your feedback. For more information about the host, links from the episode and ways to connect with us, visit the show notes. If you know someone who would be an ideal guest for our podcast, please get in touch. Thank you and see you soon.